You're listening to a Share Radio podcast. Ill met by moonlight, proud Titania. What? Jealous Oberon. Fairies, skip hence. I have forsworn his bed and company. Tarry, rash wanton. Am not I thy lord? Then I must be thy lady. Why art thou here? Come from the farthest step of India, but that, forsooth, the bouncing Amazon. Your buskined mistress and your warrior love to Theseus must be wedded. And you come to give their bed joy and prosperity. How canst thou thus, for shame, Titania, glance at my credit with Hippolyta, knowing I know thy love to Theseus? These are the forgeries of jealousy. And never, since the middle summer spring, met we on hill, in dale, forest or mead, by paved fountain or by rushy brook, to dance our ringlets to the whistling winds. But with thy brawls thou hast disturbed our sport. Therefore, the winds, piping to us in vain, as in revenge have sucked up from the sea contagious fogs, which falling in the land have every pelting river made so proud that they have overborne their continents. And thorough this distemperature we see the seasons alter. The spring, the summer, the childing autumn, angry winter, change their wonted liveries, and the mazed world by their increase now knows not which is which. And this same progeny of evils comes from our debate. From our dissension, we are their parents and original. Do you amend it then? It lies in you. Why should Titania cross her Oberon? I do but beg a little changeling boy to be my henchman. Set your heart at rest. The fairy land buys not the child of me. (sighs) How long within this wood intend you stay? Perchance still after Theseus' wedding day. If you will patiently dance in our round and see our moonlight revels, go with us. If not, shun me and I will spare your haunts. Give me that boy and I will go with thee. Not for thy fairy kingdom. Fairies, away! We shall chide downright if I longer stay. Well, go thy way. Thou shalt not from this grove till I torment thee for this injury. Hello, I'm David Ricardo Pierce, and welcome to Share Drama on Share Radio. Oh, for a muse of fire! Uh, we've just heard um, Oberon Titania from A Midsummer Night's Dream, performed by myself and uh, the actor Saskia Portway. And I have Saskia with me in the studio today. Sas, welcome to Share Drama. Hi. Hello. Um, uh, unusually um, for, for this show, um, m- myself and Saskia actually played Oberon and Titania in A Midsummer Night's Dream uh, last year. So, Sass, obviously that was uh, my most recent experience of, of uh, Shakespeare. I, I'm assuming it's yours as well. Yeah. Um, but tell me a little bit just about how you got into acting in the first place. You know, when, when did you sort of think as a kid, oh, do you know what I want to do? <laughs> I want to be an actor. Um, well, 
not the kind of youth theatre way, anyway, because I grew up in Cornwall. I grew up in St Ives in Cornwall, so there just wasn't anything like that. Sure. I was in, in part of a tiny theatre. It's called the Arts Club, and it's still there. And it's the cutest little theatre. And it was kind of the opposite of a youth theatre in that I think me and my friend Zara were, were literally the only people under sort of 60 in it. <laughs> right. A mature theatre. Talking about your, um, your your career to this date, obviously um, playing opposite me was, oh, without doubt, I'd say the highlight of your career. Um, I've stopped since then. <laughs> yeah, given up yeah. from that date. But um, I, you also worked uh, with um, Nick Heitner and Rory Kinnear at the National in his very well-received production of Hamlet. One of the things that was really striking is how how modern um, he went with it. He he went very much um, sort of Secret Service people yeah. around and and you know a world of of massive um, I don't know, yeah a world full of sort of um, conspiracy and paranoia and mm. uh, Big Brother all that all yeah. that kind of thing. Which I, I think he I think Nick Heitner feels quite strongly about the thing of updating. Shakespeare, unless there's a very good reason not to. But, but it does stand the test. You can pretty much pick up a Shakespeare play, plonk it anywhere in the world, in any time zone, and it, it sort of lives. It has a universality to it, which is, which is extraordinary. Um, now, yeah. Saskia. Yes. Uh, a weekly thing I, I like to do on the show is um, I like to pit um, actors against bankers. Um, as you know, this is a radio show about <laughs> right. money and, and finance. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to test your knowledge of financial jargon mm -hmm. um, against uh, a banker's knowledge of Shakespearean jargon. What I'm going to do is I'm going to read out a financial phrase and you are going to just tell me what you think what it that means. means. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So no the phrase you have today is peg factor. That is peg factor. Well, I, that clearly means how many Simon Peggs you have endorsing <laughs> your product. Right, yeah, the Simon Pegg factor. Um, any, pe any clue? Any clue? Mm, oh, I must be able to make a guess. Does it Is even it marking some? Are you anywhere near? Thing? Okay, no. I'm going to give you five more seconds to, to guess. Um, Pegg factor. Um, okay, time's oh. up. So unfortunately, Saskia, that was a that was a, a fail. A peg factor. I'll tell you what it means. It's a measurement of value, and um, investors should look at price to earnings to growth. It's the price to earnings to growth factor, which is known. So it's as not the really peg. a word, in other words. Well, it's an abbreviation. It's financial jargon. I never said it was going to be a word, Saskia. Um, <laughs> anyway, it's calculated by dividing the PE ratio by the forecast EPS growth. So a company with a PE of twenty and expected earnings growth of ten percent would have peg of two. So that's what the peg factor is. Um, we are going to now uh, hear what the banker made of the Shakespeare jargon. I'm uh, down in Canary Wharf chatting to Claire. Hello, Claire. Hello. As you know, I'm here testing city workers' knowledge of Shakespearean jargon. The word I've got for you today is zunes. Z-O-U-N-D-S, zunes. Mean anything to you? I actually, I think I might know the answer to this. I think it's something like somebody's, it's God's wounds. Final no? answer? Final answer. That's exactly what it means. Zoons an abbreviation. It's an amalgamation of God's wounds. Congratulations, Claire. Nice chatting to you. Thank you very much. So, hmm, uh, interesting. Bankers actually go ahead two one this week. Uh, it was oh one God. all uh, up to this week, but but uh, they correctly guessed the meaning of zoons, God's wounds. Two one to the bankers. Right. So, Saskia. The reason I've got you here today really is to talk about Shakespeare. We, we've been chatting a little bit um, 
about Shakespeare already. Uh, we, we've spoken about the, the Hamlet you were in. Um, you uh, happen to know that you, you uh, spent quite a lot of time with Shakespeare at the Tobacco Factory in Bristol. Um, you did how many plays do you think you did with them? Uh, I think 11. 11, which is yeah. quite, quite a hefty chunk of Shakespeare's canon. Um, mm-hmm. Any sort of uh, highlight stand-up sort of parts that you thought, God, I'm glad I got to play that part? Did you play any of yeah, Rosalind was great. Ah, Rosalind, in yeah. As You Like It. Yeah, which is um, uh, an amazing part for a woman just because you get to be on stage the whole time, which which isn't just about showing off and being on stage the whole time. It actually, um, I don't know if you agree, but there's a funny thing happens. The longer you are on stage, the more relaxed you become with what you're doing. You can kind of you can enjoy yourself a lot more. Yeah. I find. I think it's much harder to be on and off than... And also she gets to dress up as a boy. She gets to dress up as a boy, and which... to flirt with a boy, dressed up as a boy, <laughs> as if she was a woman. I mean, she gets to play quite a sort of a fun, you know, she that goes... She, she, dr- she dresses up... <laughs> well, she, you know, she dresses up as, as Ganymede, doesn't she? The, yeah. the, the boy. And then she, um, and she finds Orlando in the woods and she mm-hmm. says to him... Oh, I'll teach you how to woo a woman. I will pretend to be your Rosalind, yeah. and you can come and woo me. Which oh, is yeah. you're right. In, in she does do that. I am right. Yeah. yeah, but it's also just one of those parts, and there aren't a, there aren't a lot of them in Shakespeare where you take charge, and she just uses the play to explore the things that she needs to explore and answer the questions that she needs to answer and struggle with herself and with other people and all and, that stuff and kind of fall, fall in love mm. close up and from a distance. Yeah, well, she sort of picks it apart. She, it's like she's resisting mm. resisting the whole idea of falling in love and really tries her hardest to pull it all apart and then it happens anyway and, yeah, it's lovely. And she, as far as I can remember from As You Like It, she's a very modern woman, Rosalind. She is strong, you know, she, she doesn't conform to any sort of girly stereotypes. Um, something you found maybe playing her? Yeah, because she's sort of... She's um, led by her brain to a huge extent or at least that is that's the struggle that's going on in her 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 head is uh talks as loudly as her heart if you like so so they have to sort of fight it out between them and that's what you see happening on stage yeah which is great it's not just one of those plays where where stuff happens to the woman sure you see her fighting with herself which is great now saskia we are here on share radio uh to talk about midsummer night's dream what I'm going to do, just in case anyone out there doesn't know the, the plot of A Midsummer Night's Dream, is I'm going to uh, fill them in on the plot, but I'm going to do this in a minute. So I'm going to do a, a synopsis of uh, the plot in one minute okay. and uh, see how far I get. I should hopefully get through it. Um, if I don't, uh, you just you get the idea of the rest of it. OK, so Amelia, are you there? Yes. Great. So give me a, uh, give me a countdown and a go. Three, two, one and go. Theseus, Duke of Athens, is preparing for his marriage to Hippolyta, Queen of the Amazons. In storms Aegeus, a nobleman with his daughter Hermia and two young men, Demetrius and Lysander. Aegeus wishes Hermia to marry Demetrius, but Hermia is in love with Lysander. Aegeus demands Hermia to be put to death if she refuses to marry Demetrius. Hermia and Lysander plan to escape Athens the following night and marry. They tell this plan to Hermia's friend Helena, who's in love with Demetrius. Helena tells Demetrius of the plan. Demetrius follows him into the woods. Helena follows him. In the woods are two very different groups of characters. The first is a group of fairies, including Oberon, the fairy king, and Titania, the queen. The second is a band of Athenian craftsmen rehearsing a play 
play they hope to form for Theseus's wedding. Oberon and Titania are arguing over a young Indian prince Titania has. Oberon wants the boy, Titania refuses. Oberon sends his servant Puck to acquire a magical flower, the juice of which can be spread over a sleeping person's eyelids to make that person fall in love with the first thing they see upon waking. Oberon plans to spread its juice on Titania's eyelids. Having seen Demetrius act truly towards Helena, he orders Puck Ten, to juice the eyelids of his nine, Athenian youth. Puck eight, encounters Lysandra and Hermia. Seven, he does lots of juicing. They six, all fall in love with together. They five, argue. Titania falls four, in love with a, a, a three, donkey who's made two, out of a guy called Bottom. One, stop. And they all live happily ever after. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> it'd be great if it did quite. finish there. Yeah, we, we, yeah, it'd be great if it finished there and, and Titania and Bottom, the donkey, lived happily ever yeah. after. But I, I got nearly the end. The, you know, I, I didn't get to Pyramus and Thisbe, but then uh, the audiences quite often wish they, they didn't have to suffer it either. So before we talk about our production and your previous production of, of The Dream, um, we are going to have a quick chat with Amelia and mm-hmm. see what she makes of Bottom. Amelia, today we're going to have a chat about the uh, the play A Midsummer Night's Dream. Okay, then. Now, I seem to remember from my first interview with you that you have been in A Midsummer Night's Dream. Not in, but I uh, it studied it, it at school. That's oh, you studied it at school? Yes. What do you remember about it? Um, it's a Shakespearean play um, oh. with the Queen of the Fairies, Queen Titania, I think yeah. her name is. That's right. And another... Fairy, I forgot his name. He's called Oberon. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Um, there's a complicated love kind of octagon. A love octagon? Wow. Yes. <laughs> do you remember there's, there's Oberon gets some uh, love juice? Oh, which, yeah. Which he puts in the yes. lover's eyes. And he makes them all fall in love with each other. Yeah. yeah and and the donkey. And the is... donkey. The man who becomes a donkey. Yeah. Well, it's um, it's interesting you remember the man who becomes a donkey, Amelia, because today... I would like you to play the man who becomes the donkey. Who was called? Bottom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he has this incredible experience with the Queen of the Fairies, Titania. Yes. And then he wakes up and he thinks he's had a dream. Okay. I have had a most rare vision. I have had a dream. Past the wit of man to say what dream it was. Methought I was... There was no man can tell. Methought I was... And methought I had... But man is but a patched fool, if he will offer to say what me thought I had. The eye of man hath not heard, the ear of man hath not seen. Man's hand is not able to taste, his tongue to conceive, nor his heart to report what my dream was. I will get Peter Quince to write a ballad of this dream. It shall be called Bottom's Dream, because it hath no bottom. Very good. Good fun playing Bottom? Yes. Was that your um, favourite part so far? Yes, I think it was, actually. Amelia, that's brilliant. Thank you so much for coming in today and playing Bottom for us. We Thank will you. see you next week. Maybe play a bit of something from Romeo and Juliet. Okay. You're listening to Share Drama on Share Radio. So there we have it. Amelia, Amelia as Bottom, waking up from from so his, his dream. Wonderful stuff. Um, Amelia, currently she's played Richard the uh, Third, <laughs> Shylock. And bottom, so she's w- working her way through the great meatiest Shakespearean parts, um, and nailing every single one of them. Amazing. So um, let's have a quick chat about about the Midsummer Night's Dream itself. And uh, obviously, this this radio station is, is about money, and um, I, I like to to look at the, uh, the the way that the plays, Shakespearean plays, look at money themselves. And what I've found um, so far is that every single play. Um, has massive financial um, issues at its root. Um, I mean, Midsummer Night's Dream, for example, um, our production especially, 
um, headed very strongly for for the idea of a broken Athens, an Athens that was rebuilding from the roots yeah. where where things had value. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, what what in terms of money? I mean, obviously the mechanicals are obsessed with money. Or... Yeah, but I guess it's I suppose it begins. Well, first up, you get the um, you get the young lovers coming in, being forced into marriages against their will. We have to assume because there's some reason that the um, that the father wants uh, wants Hermia to marry Demetrius particularly, and it feels very much like an arranged marriage um, that the, you know the Demetrius Hermia yeah. uh, marriage. And it feels very much like there is money at the base of it. Yeah, it, whether it's like an alliance, whether it's mm. you know because because he says he, they they're both apparently as wealthy as each other, aren't they? He, Lysander does say he says I, I am as well possessed, and also Lysander, a rich kid as well, he's been wooing Hermia with what bracelets and gaudy things mm. and. Um, <laughs> But the mechanicals, um, yeah. are, I suppose, are the so that, that I mean the the royals are the the wealthy people. The mechanicals, what about, what about them? Well, completely driven by the need to to earn however many. How, what what's the what's the amount of money they think they're going to make from six, putting this play on? Six pence a day. Six pence a day. And I did a, I did a little bit of looking into this. Um, apparently, a an actor in Shakespeare's day yeah. would have expected to be paid twelve pence a day. So our mechanicals are they're only they're only after half as much. Well, amateurs. <laughs> yeah. <You know. laughs> well, I suppose maybe they'd probably keep their day jobs, wouldn't they? It was a top up top yeah. up thing. Um, but really driven by that, I mean, pa- panic uh, that they might not get sixpence, um, uh, yeah. you know, a day is is is, in, is immense. And, and well, quite, they could have been made for life. That's what they say. Could have been the made end. men, exactly. Made men. Um, mm. Yeah. So, um, so I, I think there's there's a real sort of theme of of wealth and you know two nations coming together to try and create some sort of harmony. I mean, yeah. at the root of this, which is very funny, very light hearted play in many ways about love and and magic and um, you know, unity. Um, you've got this this sort of like seam of, of financial awareness and and sort of earthy poverty. Yeah, and um, what's the line early on um, that Titania has when she's accusing she's accusing um, Oberon of of having turned up there to in, in Athens to bless the wedding and to bring joy and prosperity. To the, Joy and prosperity, yeah, of course. You, you sort of feel like that's his way of bringing the fairy world into it. That these this this crazy fairy world is nevertheless interested and invested in in the yeah. um, in the lives of these human beings, including including like the state of the nation and yeah, yeah, yeah. Joy and prosperity Joy is and exactly exactly what it is. Um, and and they do at the end of the play, Titan and Raybon do bless the the marriage beds and and um, wish them joy and prosperity. It's, so yeah, it, it, so interesting. To, I I certainly think when you look at these plays from that angle, it's it's, it's the the root of them is is very often about you know wealth, money, yeah. power. Obviously, the production the, of Midsummer Night's Dream that we were in uh, yeah. recently was a co-production between uh, Handspring Puppet Company and Tom Morris. Um, the the guys who created Warhorse, the uh, international smash hit Warhorse. So yeah. there was puppetry in it. Um, tell me a bit about about um, the puppetry in the show. Well, I mean, the puppetry was great in terms of like creating this completely separate world. Because, I mean, however much um, Shakespeare is aware of those things, like we've been saying, the things that make the world tick, money, status, hierarchy, those kind of things. You kind of also feel in this play particularly that he's he's like trying to to pull away from there and escape, if you like, into a, into a completely different world, into this sort of world where anything goes. And um, 
having the puppets there in our production was was a was just a, a sort of great way of yeah of creating that. Especially in the theatre, I suppose when when you you invest something with life that's an inanimate object, um, if you do that well, I suppose the audience can imaginatively go somewhere um, more exciting than they than they could go if they were just looking at a, at a film of a, a fairy flying around. Exactly. Yeah. And the the bottom puppet. Should we talk about that? Is it seared into your mind? Yeah. Because um, <laughs> you obviously you had to play scenes with with the bottom puppet. <laughs> yeah. So the bottom puppet which so in this case <laughs> um the scenes between titania and um bottom once he's become a donkey were literally played with the with the actor's bottom with Mil- miltos with, with miltos's bottom, bottom yeah mm. who was at the time upside down on a sort of um, extraordinary contraption sort of looked, wheels. looked like half a donkey half a, a, a truck he was sort of wheeling it around with his hands wasn't he upside down with his feet in the air um, speaking through his actual bottom. He is on his uh, feet, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that was the, uh, the, the, the coup de theatre, I suppose, <laughs> handspring sort of nod to Warhorse and, and little coup de theatre, um, <laughs> m- making him play play a scene upside down through his bottom. Um, <laughs> so um, we're going to hear another scene from uh, from mm-hmm. Sunrise Dream. We are going to hear a scene where um, Demetrius has stormed into the woods to try and find Lysandra and Hermia who have, have escaped to, uh, to go and get married and he is being followed by the woman who loves him, Helena um, and he really doesn't want her around I love thee not, therefore pursue me not Where is Lysander and fair Hermia? The one I'll slay, the other slayeth me Hence, get thee gone and follow me no more You draw me, you... Hard-hearted adamant. But yet you draw not iron, for my heart is true as steel. Leave you your power to draw, and I shall have no power to follow you. Do I entice you? Do I I, I speak you fair? Or rather, do I not, in plainest truth, tell you I do not, nor I cannot, love you? And even for that do I love you the more. I am your spaniel. And Demetrius... The more you beat me, I will fawn on you. Uh, Use me, but as your spaniel. Spurn me, uh, strike me, uh, neglect me, lose me. uh, Only give me leave, unworthy as I am, to follow you. Tempt not too much the hatred of my spirit, for I am sick when I do look on thee. And I am sick when I look not on you. You do impeach your modesty too much to leave the city and commit yourself into the hands of one who loves you not, to trust the opportunity of night and the ill counsel of a desert place with the rich worth of your virginity. Your virtue is my privilege, for that it is not night when I do see your face. Therefore I think I am not in the night, nor doth this wood lack worlds of company, for you, in my respect, are all the world. Then how can it be said, I am alone, when all the world is here to look on me? I'll run from thee and hide me in the brakes and leave thee to the mercy of wild beasts! The wildest! Not such a hard stop you! Run where you will. The story shall be changed. Apollo flies and Daphne holds the chase. The Dove pursues the griffin. The mild hind makes speed to catch the tiger. Bootless speed when cowardice pursues and valour flies. I will not say thy questions. Let me go. Or if thou follow me, do not believe. But I shall do thee mischief in the wood. Aye, 
In the temple, in the town, the field, you do me mischief. Fie, Demetrius. Your wrongs do set a scandal on my sex. We cannot fight for love as men may do. I'll follow thee and make a heaven of hell to die upon the hand I love so well. So there we have it. Uh, Demetrius um, storms away and Helena rallies herself to go and chase after him. Uh, obviously, it all ends wonderfully happily and uh, they, they, they're they all, well, juiced, juiced to love each other, but <laughs> but do all end up madly in love. Uh, Saskia, that's all we have time for today. Thank you so much for joining me Thank on uh, Share Drama today. Um, just leaves me to uh, give the answer to last week's teaser. Uh, last week's teaser was the was this. Uh, for bounty that makes gods doth still mar men, my dearest lord, blessed to be most accursed, rich only to be wretched, thy great fortunes are made thy chief afflictions. Saskia, any idea where that is from in Shakespeare's canon? None at all. Uh, well, that is Flavius, um, and that's from Timon of Athens. So, this week's teaser is the following. If thou art rich, thou art poor, for like an ass whose back with ingots bows, thou bearest the heavy riches but a journey, and death unloads thee. <laughs>